So, hi, this is Bob Cooney, and I'm here with uh, one of my best friends, Andre Lawless. Say hi. Hi, I'm Andre Lawless. And we decided to do an impromptu podcast that our intention is to make a series. So we're sitting here just to set the scene. We're at San Alejo State Beach in um, North County, San Diego. Uh, it's a campground. You can hear the ocean in the background. Oh, you can indeed. That's the ocean. Um, and we've got a fire going. We're drinking beer. We're a couple of beers in for full disclosure. And we've been talking... <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as you do. And uh, we've... The conversation turned to the Pepsi recent Pepsi commercial controversy with uh, controversy with Kylie. No, not Kylie K- Jenner. K- Kendall Jenner. Kendall Jenner. It was a little. Uh, the conversation actually started with uh, with United and, and their kind of mm. their gaffe in public in response to their incident with uh, with with pulling a yeah a, pulling a, a a passenger out of their plane and, and having that be a very a very public uh, incident that happened with them and less so about the the incident itself and more about kind of how a company responds to to that kind of incident without any real sense of the way that it appears to common folk yeah and, and how tone dense deaf it can be and, and right how tone deaf it is because the um the the optics are all that matters and and kind of bob's position on it which i which i i tend to agree with is is that the some corporate communication person that's you know in charge of damage control stepped in and kind of wrote this very perfunctory message about how we removed those people and and it's it's it wasn't human at all it wasn't authentic at all it wasn't sensitive at all and it really showed kind of a disconnect from the way that the common person is likely to perceive these kinds of events and you know the the, the 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 ability of a of a of a corporate entity to to lose lose touch with its its consumer is is I think what started the conversation and yeah. you know and then we we, we, we I played a, a couple of different comedy takes of you know uh, response to the Kendall Jenner Pepsi ad which uh, which Bob admittedly hasn't seen or really followed much of the controversy around and you know we we ended up having kind of a a long conversation around the fire about, you know, the difference between this ad co- co-opting some of the protest movements of the of the recent generation versus like Coca-Cola's approach with uh, "I'd like to buy the world a Coke" um, and and it, its potential connection to kind of a, a hippie tune-in dropout kind of thought, uh, at least a, a thought. Yeah, so, so let's let's rewind a little bit and let's just go back to the United thing because it's been a really interesting week in marketing and communications and um, and Andre and I have been both been in marketing most of our careers and we've worked together on a bunch of different product projects and I think we have a love of the of the art of marketing and yeah. around storytelling and absolutely and, and so I think that that's really where we want to focus this conversation and maybe future conversations. Um, so let's just start with the United thing. Um, like, like w- my take on it has been that 
the like there was a whole cavalcade of errors around the event itself and so I think I think we don't want to get into that and who was right and who was wrong and I think I think for this conversation we, we, we should just talk about the optics and, and communication optics, yeah. around those optics yeah right and 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 specifically around authenticity so my position has been that the new CEO so I'm a I'm a United Full disclosure, I'm a United Airlines customer. I'm a 1K million miler on United. Um, when United and Continental merged a few years ago and Jeff Smiley took over, I was horrified because I thought the guy was a raging lunatic, um, which I think facts have proven out <laughs> that I've been correct. Um, he was removed for all kinds of reasons uh, regarding like fraud, potential fraud and shit. Um, but seemed like really detached from both his customers and reality from my perspective. And they brought in this new guy, um, and his name escapes me, but he was the former CEO Ortega. of- Ortega. Ortega, yeah. And he was, was a former CEO of CSX, which is a freight um, a freight train company. They, they haul freight on trains. Great, he's just gonna and, shift some goods around the planet. And that was my fear. My fear as a customer was like, oh Kate, I'm gonna I'm gonna be now become cattle in a cattle car. Um, and the reality was like and my big complaint with United Airlines was and, and one of the amazing things about United Airlines back before the merger with Continental was they brought Starbucks coffee onto the planes. And and for those of you that that fly a lot, I'm sure you understand, like coffee, airline coffee was a joke. Literally the butt of a joke for decades. And and United stepped up and did a deal with Star, Starbucks and interesting brand like ramifications around this. And they said, hey, we're gonna bring Starbucks coffee onto the airplane. And what they had to do to do that, actually from a logistics standpoint, was like, you know, think about filtered water and what machinery what they were using. They had, supply to, they, chain. they had to invest in that decision yeah, for, it was, for their brand. That wasn't just a branding decision. That was an operate. It had massive operational impact. And they elevated the, the standard of the entire airline for its customers by saying, hey, we care about you and we're going to bring... We're going to bring something that we think is important to you, which is Starbucks coffee. Now, there are plenty of people that don't like Starbucks coffee, and that's not what this is about. This is just about the notion of a company being responsive to its customers and saying, we're going to go out of our way operationally and brand, and we're going to spend money to try to, try to, try to bring to you a better product. create an experience product. That, yeah. that's meaningful for you. And so um, the first thing that happened when Smiley took over was they got rid of Starbucks coffee, and, and, they, and then they went to some combination of reclaimed water from the toilets <laughs> <laughs> and something that they poured into cups and it was funny because people like I started bringing my own like those little Starbucks packets I don't know what they're called the instant coffee and asking for water and and the flight attendants would all nod and smile because even they wouldn't drink it like it was just it was like, the like worst. I had an ex-girlfriend that like Captain Morgan's and Coke yeah. And when she would go to a bartender and ask for a Captain's and Coke that, that was poured weekly, she would look that guy right in the eye and say, can I have a shot of Captain's? And the guy would give her a shot of Captain Morgan's, and she would very slowly, with maintaining <laughs> eye contact, pour that shot into her rum and Coke just to, just to get the point across. Like, yeah, this, this is how you do it, pal. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so... So Smiley's out and, and this new guy's in and the first thing he does, and there, there's like, if you go on the message boards, there's miles and miles and miles of complaints about customers about the coffee and, and yeah, first world problems. Um, 
But he, the first thing he does is he cuts a deal with Ely and brings decent coffee back into the airplane. And that showed me that he beyond... Was respecting his audience. He's uh, respecting his yeah. audience, and, he, and he's listening to the customer. So... Um, so that's kind of a little bit of background from my perspective on, on leadership within United. Um, and then this, and then a couple of weeks ago, there was an incident around um, a couple of women, young women, who were pants. on a flight, um, which is called non-rev, which means they were flying on vouchers because their family members were their employees. And they came on on yoga pants. And, and, and part of the agreement in, in, in taking those seats is that they recognize that they're representing the airline in yep. doing so, uh, right? So w- which doesn't make it into some of the public discourse uh, and, and outrage that, that's kind of fallen out of this. And it was 24 hours before they got that piece of information out into the market. In the meantime... Well, 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 when there's a vacuum, when there's a vacuum, your competitors are going to fill it. And if they're good at it, like Wendy's, for example, has been just fucking savage in the fast food wars. I don't eat their food, just so you know. I don't eat any of it, frankly, but but their social media is on point. So if you get a chance and you want to follow something that's interesting from a, a, a consumer social media perspective, follow follow Wendy's and watch them just rip McDonald's to pieces. Really? It's fascinating. It's th- Their social media person or, or team is is just savage and so fast. And like they, they uh, I won't I won't even go into the, the detail of it. Maybe that's a, a separate podcast. Dig in, follow them, check it out because I think we're, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about Wendy's. But awesome. But um, it's interesting how some of these big brands understand social media as a vehicle, and some just do not. And 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 uh, when when you have a gaff like United did with with these uh, with the yoga pants and whether or not there's led you know legality or rules or or somebody who's following the you know the guidelines well, and is, that was their that was the issue like their first response on social media was, was about the rules contracts of like contracts of carriage or something who gives a fuck about contracts of carriage i don't and, even want to know what that is and, i don't even want to know and a <laughs> and b it wasn't even relevant to the issue because the real issue was they were flying on non-rev tickets and there are rules that are made very clear and i've flown on non-rev tickets um, in a previous life on Continental Airlines, and I was told, like, dress professionally. Like, that was, like, really made clear to me by the people who gave me the ticket. And still. And, and still. And yet. Uh, you know, so, so Bob was alluding to this Delta in the absence of a, of a clarification from United about kind of the rules that were in place for, for these passengers. You know, the, the conversation and the optics ended up being... You know, women are being restricted from their freedom of wearing their comfortable yoga pants on a plane, and then uh, and for a day, United were, were kind of the assholes that wouldn't let women be comfortable. Yeah. And Delta jumped in, and they had a message on social media about like, you can be you on Delta, be comfortable. Yeah. And, was- and and so for a day, Delta just ate United's lunch on yeah. social media. Because they don't, because they're, they, I get the sense of them, and this will kind of feed into the more recent situation as well of, of them being kind of like this barge. Like they're this barge. United. Yeah, United is this barge that they're like, 
okay, we're going to turn now. <laughs> you know, like they blow the horn and make sure nobody's in the way and, and they start turning and like sometime around sunrise, they, they, they've hit 45 degrees of angle and, and, you know, they're getting closer. And, and you just, get, you know, you get this idea of like a nimble organization with a sense of like how to communicate in a nimble atmosphere like Delta or Wendy's, for example, you know, they just rule the dialogue in, yeah. and they rule the, 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 the zeitgeist and the conversation in these areas where, where more monolithic big companies that think kind of have old school points of view in terms of communication, they just can't respond. They go to their lawyers and they get the lawyers to tell them what they can say. And then they say just what the lawyers allow them to say. And the social media team and some of these other organizations has already cleared a little bit of what their leeway is in advance so they they feel a little bit more freedom and, and it changes the, the conversation a, a little bit so let's let's dive into that for a second which is how do you create um, within an, a big organization United is a massive organization I don't know how many employees they have hundreds of thousands is my guess um, how do you create a, a, the freedom and the and the security so 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 social media is about risk, right? There's it's risk taking, risk risk awareness, risk mitigation. What can you say? Why can't you say? What should you say? What shouldn't you say? And you talk about legal, and you talk about these different perspectives. How do you create um, an environment where a social media manager or a social media team feels free enough to be able to take those risks without? Like fear of reprisal, fear of getting fired, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't, I, I think some of it comes from an environment that, that allows for failure. B- because I think it's like social media is, is about risk. And, and especially if, if, the, if the communication and the memes, for example, are, are, are very to the moment. By the way, that's a, that's a train in the background, <laughs> a real train. <laughs> we're moving to the blues segment of the podcast <laughs> where we, we discuss the mournful nature of a train horn and, and Bob picks his guitar <laughs> so to, to the point um, you know I think the, the best social media, the social media that, that appeals to me, that, that I find interesting is, is the stuff that kind of, that is, it is, it's all about risk. It's about kind of taking on a competitor in a way that, um, you know, traditional media might not allow you to because uh, your speed to answer is crucial. You know, like I, I tell my son this, if, if he like, if he gives me a comeback to something that I've said and five minutes have passed, I just say, your answer was great. You just have to work on the timing now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, um, so the yoga pants thing kind of set the stage um, for what happened this week, which is um, a passenger. So a flight from Chicago to Cincinnati, I believe, was overbooked um, by four. Pa- well, it was overbooked. It's a complex situation, right? So. Um, so it, it, it was there, there, there were crew members that needed to be on the plane for operational reasons uh, yeah. for the airlines and 
rather than kind of the, the typical s- scenario in overbooking where you're stopped before you're allowed to board the plane and kind of told that the plane has been over overbooked and, and given an incentive to just to not be on the plane or, or there's a, a general call at the gate for volunteers before the boarding process begins this is a scenario in which the plane was fully boarded and after boarding there was a conclusion that four passengers needed to enter the plane and and like and to make and, room and, for and randomly uh, replace yeah. people that were already sitting in, the, in their seats waiting to go to their destination. And, and probably not randomly, probably by fair basis and, and priority. And, and They they claim and, it, it and, to be random, uh, yeah. at least in some of the articles that I read. So Yeah, yeah. Who, so, who so my guess is 1K members weren't asked, weren't in that pool. <laughs> so, yeah. We're going to be random in, in, the ca- in the bottom of the ship. Carriage class. Right. <laughs> like, th- those Irish folk that are doing the jig at the bottom of the Titanic we're going to randomly pick a couple of them they, they seemed like they were having such a good time though I, I gotta say like that part of the movie I'm like the, the, those poor Irish folk can really dance at the bottom and of a drink. boat but we've known that for yeah, decades we, we do know that or centuries so um and both of us you got some Irish heritage right absolutely All right, me too so Cooney um so so anyway so the, the, the issue was they went to pull this guy off the plane or to ask this guy to go off the plane. He didn't want to get off. Um, and it escalated to a point where the flight attendants needed to call security. They called in security, airport security, who then escalated it to a point of physically pulling this guy, literally dragging him down the aisle of the aircraft at which point people got out their cell phones, recorded it, posted it to social media, um, and... Yeah, the- and, and in terms of optics, the, the idea of the police pulling um, a minority, and, and I, I'm, I, I, I'm just, in terms of optics, my opinion on this aside, the, the optics of the, the police pulling police, whether they're security or not, doesn't matter to, to the Facebook audience. It's, it's the police came and pulled an Asian man out of a plane against his will and uh, apparently along the way he may have been concussed there were images of him with blood on his face and he was clearly from my opinion not as a medical professional but watching the video he was clearly disoriented uh, which suggested to me that he was in some high level of distress Um, the facts of the case sort of aside for the time being, because you can argue, we can argue ad nauseum about um, the need for a, a passenger to comply with rules of a, of a ground crew, and that's kind of an agreement. That's it's an agreement when you board the airplane. Is yeah, that different? Is that this is though, a, yeah. dom- a domain that you have to? You know, they require your compliance for safety of, of everyone on the flight. That aside, the optics of it are really damaging. To the to the company, yeah, to the brand, um, to, and to I found United. It, I found it interesting that that the social media backlash didn't talk at all about police security, um, 
any of that. It was all directed towards the airline. When, 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 from my perspective, the airline basically took it to a point of like, we've really requested this guy get off the plane. He won't call the plane. We're going to call the police. The police came, escalated it, but there was no backlash in social media around the police. It was all directed to United yeah, Airlines. Yeah, I think the, the culpability there is at the source with United because of the booking gaffe. Yeah. Like, b because of the kind of unusual nature of taking pa uh, passengers that are already on the plane and pulling them off is sort of a, a little bit outside of, of the expected behavior. And uh, now we could go into, we could, we could go into a long conversation about the, the value that the crew that was put on the plane would, was going to provide to other passengers on other flights and, and, and Bob and I had a conversation about this, about there being, you know, the benefit to, to what was done um, and, and, and impact on actually a very small percentage of, of the passengers on the flight. But that's, the facts aren't what we're talking about because marketing isn't about facts necessarily. It's about optics and impression and perception. And the perception here is United unfairly and this is my opinion, and I don't know that Bob and I even agree on this at, at the moment, but United unfairly took passengers who had an expectation of reaching their destination and randomly pulled them out of that scenario. And, and one of the passengers who uh, may or may not be a doctor with, with obligations to patients and kind of a, a mission and some nobility, and this is where the storytelling side of it uh, comes in, is that that's part of what resonates with people is is this guy had a story yeah. you know, he was a doctor that was trying to get to his patients and you know it, it turns out after the fact that you know he may not be the 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 squeakiest of uh you know he may not be the cleanest of uh not dr christian bernard right he might have some uh, some issues with with legal uh legality and and uh and ethics in, in his own world but that aside the optics are this guy got pulled off of the plane unfairly, and what we, we, we I think and we should, violently and violently. I mean, he, it sounded like his head got bounced off of something hard, um, which sounds dirty, but it, it really shouldn't be. Uh, I'm sorry. A little side note there. Andre needs to take a sip of his beer and, and just just digest that for a second. <laughs> so. Bob, so, take care so, of that in post. Yeah, you? No, so, so yeah, there's no post. So, <laughs> so, um, so, so, look, like, the bottom line is there was this like poorly handled scenario that went out to social media, which, as shit happens now, that's just like that's got to be your expectation in a corporate communication standpoint. That is, that is the media that, now. That, that's not, the me that's media. It's, it's no easy to dismiss curated. it as social, no social the, media. There's yeah. no filter. It yeah. goes straight to the public. Yeah, it's no longer like the six o'clock news. It's it's instant and it's viral and you got to be on top of it. And then so that happens. And then and then United comes out with the statement that I'm not going to bother reading it, but basically it was, we are, and, and, this, and this was attributed to the CEO. And, and my personal belief is this was not, like, this doesn't seem to fit the values that I have observed about this guy, but that's my own personal shit, um, was that we are sorry that we, like, had to deboard these passengers. Yeah, I it think was like, you know, you know, airline communications, like, the, the words that they use 
are, are bar- barely English. I mean, <laughs> some of the things that use extreme caution when dealing with the overhead bins. Like, is caution ever anything other than extreme? Like, once you say it's extreme, I, I just, I like, I, I find the, the language that they use, like, interesting and maybe worth exploring some other time. But, but like, the language that they use in this public communication to deal with a very difficult situation in terms of optics was, was just like stu- blatant corpse stu- speak. stunningly tone deaf. Yeah, and blatant corpse speak. And so that just inflamed the whole situation. It sounded like a lawyer and a PR chick had a baby. <laughs> and, 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 and All right, so wait, 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 hold on. So I'm just going to say, like, <laughs> let's not use the chick thing. All right. All right, let me let me rephrase. Slightly degrading. S- sorry, um, I misspoke there for a moment. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna defer to my, my political uh, communication training and say that I misspoke and that that was taken out of context entirely. <laughs> and say that so so it, a it, lawyer it, and a hot PR chick had an illegitimate baby. <laughs> Bob, that's not that's not helping in any way. Actually, it probably is in, in, in terms of uh, entertainment value. This is what happens when you drink beer and do podcasts. Yeah, and, and we should talk about the beer in, in, in a moment too because I think it's a, it's an interesting sidebar. But you, you know the, the 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 lawyer and the PR guy um, kind of collaborating on a message is is maybe necessary to a point um, in some of these larger organizations. But but what it what it prevents you from doing as a brand as a company is is relating to your consumer yeah relating to your audience in in any way that even comes comes anywhere close to authenticity and and empathy and so then to 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 exacerbate the problem the ceo sent a message to all the employees um basically to them saying hey i've got your back like short and sweet um, this was a difficult situation. Are are we? You know, I empathize with my employees. I think the employees handled it the best they could. It was actually the police that escalated things, and he basically sent this email to seventy or eighty thousand employees, which naturally leaks out on social media, and that just fans the flames. Yeah, I mean, the the truth of the matter is, is that I think most people gravitate in their association to the victim, the passenger, versus the airline staff. No, yep. that that, air, that airline staff is a service a service organization that's that's assisting you in, in experiencing a good a, a good a, a trip from point A to point B. Now we all do that from time to time. We get on that plane, and and to a degree, you feel kind of vulnerable and victimized to begin with as a passenger because you're kind of subject to all kinds of strange. You know things about traveling that, you know, you end up eating like a crane. You know, with your, <laughs> you, you know, you have like you have like eighteen inches of total space, and and and, um, and you're trying to balance all the food on and, the and train with the drink so it doesn't spill you know, on you. And, and, and you, you you always spill something, and like <laughs> and and you're eating kind of like you're eating like a praying mantis. So I remember this one time <laughs> I was I was flying somewhere. And this is a long time ago. And I bit into this guy sitting next to me. He was in the middle seat. He was in a blue blazer, meticulously dressed. And I remember biting into a cherry tomato 
and all of the inside of the cherry <laughs> tomato <laughs> squirted out onto his shoulder of his blue blazer. Oh no. <laughs> and I just didn't know what to do. I was like, do I apologize and wipe it off? Do I ignore it? Do I, th- I just I think I think you commit and, Harry Carey. And it was it's in the, the middle only of the honorable thing to do. <laughs> I was like talking to the guy, so I just kind of I just ignored it and just let it go. I didn't know what to do. But anyway, that's like part of the horror of, of air travel, as you're saying, is that you're just in this un- constantly uncomfortable situation. Yeah, and, and you're kind of continually adjusting to kind of various degrees of being degraded yeah <laughs> you yeah. know like yeah. like but, but i have to say being dragged off by the police that's by a, my little, hands a, down a little bit more more so than i'm used to that's a limit um, of de- degradation you know that, and, and that so, so back, back to the optics the optics are this passenger has been forcibly removed for whatever reason from an air uh, an airplane against his will um, because of some fuck up from the air, airline. Yep. And the response to it wasn't about, you know, we deeply regret the um, what happened. We deeply regret, you know, the 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 way that this turned out, and we have to we have to take a look what, at the way that we. All right. So the response was. So so the police department. The yep. police department in Chicago apologized for the actions yep. of the person that specifically dragged the yep. passenger off and he was suspended and, and that's the right response and so what should the response from united airlines have been i think you know so whether or not they're responsible is academic to me right they're perceived to be responsible and therefore are right so so listen here what should their response have been yeah so like this isn't easy and, I, and let me just preface that right, right from the start so i i um I applaud the the teams that are in these scenarios that have to answer these questions because they're, they they have to come up with these answers quickly. Yep. They have to come up with an answer that's legally sound. But you've had a couple of days to think about it. Yeah, you know, I have I've, I've had a couple of days to think about it. I think coming out and saying, um, you know, this is a, th- that 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 this is an unfortunate uh, situation that 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 we we feel. Um, responsible for for there being a um, for there being a conclusion that that wasn't the, 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 a good one for anyone. What about just I'm sorry? No, I'm sorry is great, and and you could go further than that. You could say you could say you know we're um, we're happy to like create a a, a fund for doctors. And, and and you know like like I'm not this isn't a hundred percent thought through, but like this guy's story is that he's a doctor, and if you could like we're gonna donate a, a thousand you know frequent flyer miles yeah. per doc, you, you know whatever. There's there's some way to kind of create a sense of understanding that yeah. understanding the story. And I and I oh so understanding the story. My my perspective is that look, we're all fucking human. We all make mistakes. And, the, and from a corporate communicate, communication standpoint, from a personal standpoint, it's hard to kick somebody when they're being vulnerable. And so, like, this is where authenticity and vulnerability from a corporate communication standpoint comes in, which is, like, if you just say, 
we're sorry, we were wrong. This never we're going to investigate this and try to figure out how to improve our policies and prevent this from, and ever, prevent happening this from ever happening again because we don't want to see our passengers ever degraded to that point. The story is over. Like, like nobody's going to kick the company that comes out and says, I'm fucking sorry, I was wrong, and we're going to fix this. Yeah, but if like, you don't what's do wrong that, with that, if you don't do that, the stock market will tell you what you should have done. Like, that, that's the truth of it. And, 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 and it, it is, this isn't just social media that we're talking about. The, 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 uh, the optics that, that we're, we're communicating about right now, they have an impact on, on, on a company's solvency potentially yeah, they look, have an impact on so on, so united stock was down two points today which um, equates to what which equates to nothing because tomorrow it'll be up two points because <laughs> the, the, the reality is this won't impact their business one fucking iota like like that that's just the reality of the, of the financial market so they're extremely efficient and this is all going to blow over and we have short we have short memories as as americans certainly um, and and the people who are smart money, as I call them, in the market are going to look at this and see it as a buying opportunity. So I really yeah, don't think right. anybody's looking at this and saying, "Oh, the market valuation, blah blah blah." I think that this is more this is more of a brand issue, which right. has long term impact on a company's viability and its ability to maintain positioning and price and, and, and margin. And it's potentially an opportunity to uh, for United to rethink. The, the 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 power that they invest in their communications team yeah like and and give them the ability to speak more authentically and, and give you know this that ceo should be able to shed the shackles of his communications team when he needs to and speak directly to the audience a little bit of donald trump oh, i don't know <laughs> i don't know about all that you know but but you know to to that point you know, to that point, the thing that, that resonates to to the audience, to an audience of, of Donald Trump as a candidate, is his ability to speak from the heart to yeah. that audience and, and kind of not not be on a teleprompter. Not filtered. And, and not, not filtered. And, and to that degree, I, I definitely agree with that that approach is refreshing. And, and, and some companies... Should should consider it in terms of the way that they communicate with their audience. Yeah, and I think Virgin's. We talked about Virgin Airlines and Richard Branson, who has his own kind of thought leadership position and his own social media profile and his own audience, and and he speaks eloquently and and has a a a, 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 a yeah, amazing it, it, following. Yeah, it almost right? makes you wonder, like, how would this incident have been handled by Virgin? Airlines mm. or Virgin American um, Air- Airlines, and and I would suggest that the investment that they have in in passenger experience um, would suggest to me at least that that, that that's a, that's kind of a deep a, a core principle of the way that they approach their business. So I would think, and, and I would need to dig into it a little bit further, that their social media approach would be more nimble, more authentic, and more experiential based. I, I did think it was interesting how, how none of the other airlines, where the, the yoga pants thing Delta jumped on right away, 
None of the other airlines yeah, this, this jumped thing, on this This one. thing was radioactive, man. But but yeah, because they all realized that they could be the next yeah, one. Yeah, because they like could make is... a mistake too, because of their own rule base. Yeah. Because and, of their own you know restrictions and and you know this is a highly regulated industry and everything that they do is you know anything that you're told by 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 a flight attendant on an airline has been very strictly vetted by a legal team. And you can tell by the way they speak. And so the one thing that did come out is the CEO of JetBlue came out and basically said, you know, his recommendation was that United invest more um, in, in the giving ground their ground their, their um, gate agents the flexibility and the authority to increase the price that they would offer for compensation for bumped passengers. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, like, in, in a you know non-scientific but kind of really anecdotal um, set of uh, of information, like on, on my own social media um, network, I've, I've seen responses that. Like they all point in that direction. If they had just gone to say a thousand dollars, they they would have gotten those four volunteers Maybe. and, and pr- yeah. potentially you know prevented this whole thing. And yeah. you know part of it is just that you know the the control is limited at the at the ground level and and. Uh, you know, maybe that would have ch- changed this whole dynamic. So that, um, so that kind of, kind of takes us to the the. Pe- let's talk about the Pepsi conversation because I think that one was the, was the, the most interesting and the most insightful. And we, we kind of wrapped around this and came to a conclusion. Um, but you'd shown me a yeah, couple of really yeah, highly yeah. curated versions. And so, so I had not. I've avoided this whole kind of. Kendall Jenner, Kendall Jenner, Kendall yeah. Jenner, Pepsi thing. I've seen it on social media, and I just decided I wasn't going to watch it. Um, and so tonight, Andre asked. We, we started talking about it. He showed me a couple of curated versions of it. One where, yeah, it was it was commentary on on, on the the Pepsi ad. And I, I will walk a little bit through what the Pepsi ad is for anyone that hasn't hasn't kind of already discovered it. But they're um, cracked. Uh, cracked on social media on, on Facebook and you know, I, I think just, I, I would be remiss if I didn't say that Cracked has done an amazing job of reinventing themselves for the social media age because I remember and, and, and it's basically Cracked.com yeah Cracked.com so so when I was a, a, a kid when I was a preteen and teenager when Mad Magazine was still a relevant uh, source of social commentary Cracked was kind of the also ran magazine a, a magazine that was like competitive with mad magazine that was and, in the 30s right right and and, and this is yeah <laughs> back in my day when i walked uphill both ways through blizzards to holding, go to school holding a potato to stay warm well we we didn't even have lamps we plugged electrodes into the potato just to get light in this classroom <laughs> um but uh the uh Crack Magazine has kind of, a, you know, that's what, to me, uh, uh, maybe a subject of an entirely uh, other podcast about, like, brands that have reinvented themselves for uh, for a, a new age. But Cracked has become kind of a source of uh, comedy and, and satire on, on Facebook in a way that, you know, it's been, is consistent with the brand that they were when I was, was a kid, but, but, but also really relevant today. But anyway, they had a video... That was kind of a a play-by-play satire of behind the scenes of how this ad could possibly have been conceived, and it was uh, it was it's just a very snarky 
take on kind of how to manipulate millennials by throwing in a diverse population. And now we're going to have a Muslim woman and there's an Asian guy playing a cello. And, and let's make the uh, Muslim woman edgy by giving her a nose ring. She's angry, angry, uh, angry Muslim woman. And, you know, it's a very, it's a very funny, like spot on video kind of just eviscerating this this Pepsi ad. And then the other piece that I showed Bob before he's even... He, you haven't even seen the ad. I haven't seen the original Like ad. the original unadulterated ad. The, the other piece was a Saturday Night Live skit from this past weekend where uh, the perspective is, you know, they're, they're kind of zooming in on the director of the ad who's really proud because this is his big breakthrough moment. He's written and directed this triumphant Pepsi commercial and he's calling his girlfriend or his wife, his partner, to kind of talk about the ad and how proud he is of it and, and they just show these moments of like him reacting to her reacting on the phone without you hearing what she has to say but you just kind of see his face and he's like yeah okay so tone deaf huh yeah all right um what about doug can you put doug on the phone and he keeps looking <laughs> for other people's perspective to try to validate that this isn't just a, a terrible nightmare of a commercial and he finally, you know, he, 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 goes, he says, he finally uh, well, how says, about the neighbor? Put how about, the, how about the, neighbor. The, the black neighbor? Do we, do we have a black neighbor that you could put on? And, and he puts on some, you know, the, the person on the other end of the phone puts on a random black person. And, and he starts saying, well, yeah, I'm doing this ad and it's reminiscent of Black Lives Matter. And then he just pauses and you see his face and he goes, yeah, don't touch it. It would be insane to even touch it. So what should I do? And the recommendation comes back, and he says, "So I should just hide in my car." <laughs> and so, so, but so this is kind of the the framing that 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 uh, that I, I introduced to Bob, and it was kind of a very much a funny, uh, cur- funny cur- curated was, right, so, of, of of the context of this spot. So funny, but but highly curated, highly politicized, um, and I, and we start so we started talking about what was going through the minds of the people who created this ad and that's really where we where i think i think we hit some gold which is i think andre and i both agreed that there was probably good intention actually certainly good intention going into this nobody would go into this intending to create a fiasco so so the, you have to assume there was good intention going into this and then the question is where did it go wrong and how did it go wrong and one of the questions I asked Andre is like the thing I was trying to work through in my mind is what would my reaction be to this ad had I seen it without the commentary and and, and without Kendall Kendall Jenner and, and, yeah, and, and, without, and without the spokesperson because yeah. you know you know I think um, the, the spokesperson the 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 celebrity the the famous person the the appeal to the millennial with with a, kind of a, a person that's relevant to them. Is, is kind of the, the thing that pushes this over the edge, is this idea. And, you know, I think the thing that makes the ad offensive to the people that it offends, and and, and, and here's where Bob and, and I... And it seemed to offend everyone. Yeah, and this is where uh, I'm positive that Bob and I are, are, are on slightly different ends of, uh, of the spectrum, is, you know, I think it taps into a lot of zeitgeist and a lot of kind of underlying currents that are very active on social media and very active in in um, in, in dialogue at, at the moment and, and some of those involve things like white privilege so this notion that this white famous rich woman 
is going to kind of hand her blonde wig to her kind of unhappy black assistant and, and then and then hand her Pepsi to a police officer and then and, and thereby solve a conflict kind of you know it, it, it goes right to this notion of you know of, of white privilege and, and white kind of white people being kind of tone deaf to the sense of like how this is perceived by people that you know f- for whom this is it, it, it is it, it is I wouldn't say it's life life or death but it's certainly serious to them this notion of they're not protesting things that are Democrat versus Republican even on that level I think they're protesting things that are that are about whether or not when I get pulled over for speeding I'm going to survive that situation yeah, so, and, so and I'm not saying this ad is about that I'm not but, but I think but people I made it that, about that hold that, on I think people made it about well that. that that zeitgeist is out there, and and not knowing that this was e- even even contextually close to it is part of the tone deafness. Yeah, no, I agree with that, and and so so like going back to the intention though of this, I think that where 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 we reached some some agreement was that the intention, at least my position was, like putting myself in the mind of who would create this. That, that and Pepsi has a long history of using celebrity and trying to use that and in a way and pop culture movement and pop culture movements, right? So, so Michael Jackson, by the way, caught his hair on fire. Um, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy. I mean, they've used celebrities in their ads over the decades, and and so, th- like, like in my they're, mind, they're the voice of the new generation. At least they were. They, and I they think try that, to be. That, that's still something that they strive to be is, is they strive to and be kind of a, a, a voice of the, the connected hip hop, like pop culture yeah. icon. Yeah. And so, so in this case, they were trying to figure out how to connect to this generation. And one of the things I imagine them saying is, hey, this generation is an activist generation. Let's pay tribute to that. And, and so my, my guess is that the intention was to pay tribute to that in a generic fashion and this is where they went wrong and this is where I think we agree is that what they did is they created this ad that was about protest but not any particular protest some generic protest that meant nothing and therefore anyone could interpret it to mean anything and that's where they went wrong with where we compared it to Coke, and we, we've compared it to some of the Coke advertising. We were talking about the... the I'd like to buy the world the, of I'd Coke. I'd like to buy the world of Coke, and more recently, you've talked about their... Um, what was the... What's their more, more recent ad that you've talked about in the last couple of years that they've run? Oh, um, yeah, the advertisement that ran for the past couple of years during the Super Bowl where they had a, they had a, a diverse audience, of a multicultural audience singing... This land is your land. Yeah, as a as a very subtle political statement, and 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 and, and it shouldn't necessarily be political, but in this galvanized um, uh, environment. Well, the, let's take the word political out of it as a statement. It's a statement for it's a statement. sure. They're and making. A a, they're 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 advocating a point of view. Yeah, which is which is we are all human Con- connectedness, and we are all connected. Right. And they and that's a consistent brand statement for them that goes over decades, fifty years. Right. And so so the difference between Coke and Pepsi in this case is Coke took a stand 
and said, we are all connected and borders don't matter. This is my interpretation. Yeah, borders yeah. don't matter. Right. Culture doesn't matter. We are all human. And what Pepsi went wrong was they created a generic movement that made nothing to try to connect with an audience. It's all about, They're all about, uh, about authenticity taking and taking a stand. No, whether whether they're make make America great again, or they're 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 uh, they're Bernie Sanders fans, like that one of the hallmarks is they're they're. They're definitive about having a point of view. Yeah. And so Pepsi created a commercial that in essence was so bland and vanilla and generic that it, it offended like a, everyone. It was like a big pot of oatmeal. It, it, it offended everyone. Which, you know, I ordinarily like oatmeal, but but like if somebody told me that's all I could eat forever. And no salt. I would <laughs> I would be offended. And, <laughs> no and salt it, in your oatmeal. Yeah. Yeah, I would. No salt. So, you know, my... Um, my uh, my point of view is a, 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 a little bit different than, than Bob's. We agree that that I think the the intention of the creatives behind this was a good one. Um, you know, I think that there's there's always this this uh, this situation as a marketer of um, of trying to connect to energy, and they're looking for a source of energy, and and protest is a source of energy because. You know, it's viral and, and people are communicating where to go and what to do over Twitter and social media. And it's got a mind of its own. It can't be controlled by by, by the government or by a corporate entity. It, it's grassroots. It's populist. And, and, and that's something that's really, really powerful and that, and that defies programming. It defies corporate programming to, to a large degree. So I think corporations are looking for brands are looking for that that power that energy that that comes from these movements that 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 spring up organically to a point and no i think you could argue that there's money behind some of these things on either side and and i think you follow the money and you find out that there's intention behind some of these things that we think are populist yeah, and look and look some of the controversy around selling a product right and and, the, and certainly for millennial ger- generation um, tying a movement to selling a product is going to be authentic and it's going to be offensive offensive um, but i think the the bottom line is and this is a marketing and branding thing is 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 sometimes you have to take a stand yeah. You can't please everyone. You can't attract everyone as a as a company, as a brand, as a product, as a marketer. You have to take because a it stand. Because dilu- it dilutes what your message is. Well, you don't you, have a message. Right, because like, you're trying to appeal to everyone. Hey, I'm all things to all people. Fuck you. So you're the, nothing. Yeah, you're nothing. You're so, nothing of any interest to me. So I think that the great brands stand for something. Agreed. And... and and, and, the sm- and the smart ones don't make those stands on political lines, potentially. Because- potentially, but like, like so, Budweiser Super Bowl commercial was definitely political around, around. Um, it was subtle and it was artistic and it was fucking brilliant from yeah. my perspective. But it was around uh, immigration. It was right. about immigration, right? And and there's a big divide in this country around immigration. They took a political stance. They took a stance, which and, is a risk, right? Which is a risk, right? And and they did it artistically. So so I I actually do believe you can take a stand. You can make it political. And by doing so, you're going to attract an audience. And look, branding is all about taking a stand, being 
for something and then attracting people who, who are attracted with to those that, that thing yeah, and that stance. Right. That's what branding is all about, right? And so where Pepsi seems to have lost its way is, is they they they've for, they 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 don't have a sense of who they're trying to attract. Yeah. They they want everybody from 18 to 25. Yes. Regardless. And, and, and when yes. when when you're driven um, creatively by a suit with a spreadsheet. And and that's just not to, to to downplay the value of I mean this is business you know guys let's let's just make make that really clear but but those decisions they, they can't just be driven by spreadsheets they have to be driven by an understanding of a core audience and risk yeah there's risk involved in this if you don't take a stand you stand for nothing if you don't take a stand you stand for nothing that's a good place to close. Yeah, I think it might be. <laughs> it's good talking to you, Bob. Yeah, so um, so this was totally impromptu. Um, um, we're going to put this up on SoundCloud maybe tonight. If you liked it, comment, and we'll do more. If you fucking hated it, we don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I, I want to hear about it. But like, but, 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 but if you have a, a perspective and a point of view, share it. Yeah. But, but share it in a way that, like, if you're interested, if you think if you think the dialogue, if the subject matter is of, of interest, I, I would I, I'd love to do this again. And even if you hated it, I'm going to do it again anyway, <laughs> because because you know you, you end up having these conversations. And I think that you know if I had 10% of my Facebook network right now and and ask them if they're interested in having a conversation about the the implications of some of the the branding stuff that went on this week. They would be interested just from an entertainment standpoint, because I know I have been. You know, th- there are cast members and comedy troops, you know, devoting material to this, um, and, and it's because it's it's resonant, it's relevant, um, and, and the truth of the matter is, and maybe the next time we talk about this, we could we'll, we'll we'll focus a little bit on some of the people that do this really well. Um, one of the common elements between United and um, and Pepsi in this regard is, is, is kind of a disassociation between kind of the corporate entity and its consumers. Yeah. And and uh, you know they, there's a unit shifting philosophy kind of in play that that doesn't account for the way that people actually communicate now and consume media now and and how important it is for the new generations that that you actually think about about what you're saying and communicate it effectively um, with authenticity and that's like, the and, and authenticity that's is the, the key. challenge and, that's, and that'll be that'll be the subject of our next uh, our next discussion is is how to bring an authentic message to the market and how do you tap into that from a corporate culture standpoint from a branding standpoint and how do you how do you create the 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 environment within a corporate culture to be authentic because it creates all kinds of discomfort and risk and and things. I think that's worth a discussion. Yeah, and I would I would suggest that anybody that's listening, if you uh, if you have an opportunity to follow a little bit of what Wendy's does on their social media against their their a very large entrenched competitor in McDonald's that 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 is more like the monolithic barge that that, that I described United as. And kind of see what happens when you allow your communications team a little bit more flexibility and power. Cool. So until uh, next time, and I think there will be a next time, 
Um, this is Bob Cooney. I'm Andre Lawless. And uh, I'm not sure what the fuck we are. <laughs> We're a couple of guys at the beach talking about marketing. <laughs> marketing guys at the beach uh, with the beers. Drinking beer. <laughs> All right, thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.